because if a failure of one, you know, as a personal, as a personal decision, doing something evil, which I call these things, and to blame somebody who made the decision that these persons are here, no, I'm sorry. You know, they have been posters printed. Thank you, Mrs. Merkel, after these events. Thank you for the rapes. And I'm sorry, this is not the logic of Middle Europe. This is not. Hello, my name is Donald and welcome to Worldview. At Worldview, we explore everyone's perspectives on all things that can broaden our worldview. If you've liked our content so far and enjoyed it, please consider liking this video, subscribing and donating on Patreon. Today, we are talking with Frank Heinrich. Frank is a German theologian, social pedagogue and a member of the German Parliament for the Christian Democratic Union. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be with you. Great. So, Frank, I mentioned in the intro that you're a member of the CDU, the Christian Democratic Union. Can you tell us what is the Christian Democratic Union's policies and their general statement? What do they stand for? Now, that can be a long answer in the beginning. Um, it is historically coming out of a Catholic party, I would say. Historically, it was called, uh, and there was another route that was the, the Christian Center, they called it. Um, for a long time, I had my problems as a pastor that I was with the C in the name of the party, Christian, because it, it looks for many people like you have to be a Christian to be part of that. Um, but then I, in a discussion, I found out it is the framework of values, you know, the, the Christian worldview and the Christian view on man. And under this framework, other religions can be part of, of that uh, party. And we try to, to, to give responsibility to each one in his abilities first. And then after that, the solidarity, if you cannot, so to fill in everything that is necessary. Some of the parties do it the opposite way, I have the feeling. So we try to be looking into the future, sustainable, not just this big topic of sustainability in this time, but sustainable finances in the future, retirement, stability in economy, um, security issues. That is sort of the conservative part that we represent as the Christian Democratic Union. And we have a sister party in one of our states, Bavaria, that is the Christian um, so Social Union. And we together are one body in the parliament. If I can ask a follow-up question to that, why has those two parties never um, melted into one? Why do they keep uh, remaining separate? That's a states thing. I think okay. Bavaria has chosen to have a few topics a little different, but they haven't have, you cannot get much between them. You know, some topics are a little bit more in the center for, for the Bavarian part and some others for the 15 other states. <coughs> Excuse me. And by the way, it would not be possible to be one caucus in parliament 
if we would have a CDU in Bavaria or a CSU in the other states. Just this way, we have the possibility to be together as one body. And if I'm correct, I've read the um, biography on Adenauer. It was Adenauer that started that party, the CDU. Yes. And he, because he was also perhaps um, to bring on to your point, why is the C in that name? He was also quite a conservative, uh, a Christian figure himself. Yes. And he put his values and he said we need them as a society. And uh, when we gave ourselves a new constitution, Grundgesetz, as, as we call it, um, one of the first lines still is, we give us this constitution, knowing our history, in taking responsibility before God and man. And that gives us this double view all the time. And that was him. And, and in that time also was... The, the social market policy, you know, to have market in the center and the social necessities mm. and importance on the other side. So to balance the two. So um, I'm obviously not an expert on German politics, but the CDU has, put, had, has had some amazing success over the last 15 years, always winning, I believe, the plurality of the vote. Why do you believe the CDU has done so great over the past, I believe, 15 years? When I hear that question, I have to, I have to, to go even longer. My fellow people in my party would say, 20 years isn't right. We have been much better than 20 or 30 years before. And we even have some struggles with that, you know, that we have just in the last election, 33, I think, 32 something. And, and the one before it was better, 40. Uh, and, and, and the one before it was 31, but we had times where we were almost 50 ourselves. You know, we could be the majority just by ourselves. And uh, one of the reasons is that more parties came to parliament. So went over that, that hurdle of 5% in, in the election. I think it is the trust of people in continuity, in um, calm way of trying to organize things, and not just somebody strong and fighting something, and you know, mm. um, and some of the values are shared with more people than at least some of the parties seem to be single single issue parties, you know, or mm. for some areas of society. As we call ourselves Volkspartei, we have two or three more that, that seem to be close to that. But we are the, the biggest Volkspartei, which means people's party, that look after the poor on the one side and see, see whether the retirement is enough now or when they retire. And on the other hand, really looking after companies, seeing taxation, so all issues and balance them in ourselves as a party. So we have wings and not just two, you know, mm. that are represented. And maybe they that makes us strong if the leader is strong. Is it also perhaps a fear of communism that people don't want to even vote for a sort of leftist party, especially the east of Germany? I live now in the east of Germany and here that might be at least for some an answer. It is not for all over Germany. 
Um, here, the left, die Linke, as we call them, die Le the, the left, mm. is, is declining because of age groups, demography. But on the other hand, um, they are still much stronger than they are in the, as we call it, the old states, the former uh, Bundesrepublik Germany. Um, yes, but it's not because of fear. It is because of knowing what this stands for. And maybe a few still protest. By the way, in the last election and in the, the, the smaller elections in the last uh, three, four years, it was very much obvious that many people went to the, to the more right-wing parties. Mm. And we, we saw the numbers that went over to, from us, from the left party, from the social democrats, of the liberals. And the percentage, not the fact, factual numbers, but the percentage of the left party to go to be voters on the right side is much bigger than even from us, who would be in the, in the realm of all of them, seem to be closer. Okay. So it's lots of people that are just protest voting. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to get to the AFD in a short bit. But the Green Party, I, I have this weird obsession of at looking at election polling in European countries like Germany and the UK, and I see the Green Party has suddenly just climbed spectacularly. Why do you believe the Green Party is being so successful at this moment in opinion polling? Now, you discern it right. It's just the, the opinion polling right now. Um, but there are some topics that have been maybe as a criticism to my party or my party leaders that we took some over, but not as many as the society, the people really would want us to be complementing to the mainstream of, of our values. And then our society is, let's say, worried, you know, about topics that uh, Fridays for Future have presented. And uh, that poverty issues, climate change, you know, have presented market chain issues. And um, maybe we've left some room there and didn't have the answers. And then the option of bringing that in a good way into government and into policy and into laws uh, seems to be attractive to many. Now, we have been seeing... Uh, some elections where the green really went already well, not just the polls. Um, right now, we had them even in one week, the opinion polls were uh, half a percent even above uh, the CDU, mm. the Christian Democrats. Right now, it's 10% between to, to our side. And that means that's very vulnerable. Now, mm. politicians used to be obsessed about that too. So you must be a politician, sort of. <laughs> um, but why, why, do you, why do you think the social democrats are not cap capturing that vote why are they sort of being left to dry at this moment now there are several reasons but I guess one thing is as they were sort of split um, to have the left wing party the Linke mm. on their left side even and they as be it protesters, you know, protest policies and voters, or be it, um, be it real politics, 
they were able to formulate the things clearer or harder, maybe even harsher, into society. And that leaves the social democrats a little less space. Mm. Secondly, I think they made some mistakes in some areas. Thirdly, the agenda 2020, where the market and the social system was changed quite heavily, is still criticized by many voters of the Social Democrats that they did that because they were in government at that time. I found that courageous from their side that they did. And fourthly, uh, I have no clue because <laughs> there is, I, I, I really, it's a little pain in my neck, even as an uh, other party member. They are the oldest party of Germany and they are necessary, important for our society. And then they are sort of not out of the game, but just at the, at the side of the game in the moment. So I, I have a little pain about that. And if we can move it on to the um, alternative for Deutschland, um, I, I believe some conservatives in Germany are not so fond of talking about them. But what is your opinion on that party and why is it so successful? Here again, we have um, different areas in Germany with different polls and election outcomes for the AfD, Alternative für Deutschland, for Germany. They found uh, a way of protest that stuck, plus using the most modern possibilities we have. You know, you might have seen the, the, the movie Social Dilemma. Oh, yeah. Where, where you know, where, where everything that we do with our phones and Facebook mm. and stuff, and seven times more, the negative news is seen and uh, um, perpetuated as a good news or the neutral information. Mm. And they just went into that. You know, I my webpage or my Facebook page is just much less interesting to people than theirs because they just hammer out messages, protesting, showing middle fingers, sort of, you know. And so that's one part. East Germany, as I said, the traveling and the changing of voters, protest voters, went to that side. And then they had three, maybe four big topics. It was euro, the money. Mm -hmm. Because of stability, they still think Deutschmark would be better. Secondly, the euro uh, realm mm -hmm. area. They want to be Germany again and not just Germany in Europe. Um, and they took even the, the crisis of, of debts, the, the sharing of debts uh, in, in Europe as an... Uh, with with as Greece. A, with, with Greece and the banking, you know, and all this. And we always pay, we always pay, mm. you know. And then it was uh, 2015, uh, the many people coming to Europe and many of them to Germany. I mean, in percentage, the most came to Germany inside of Europe for several reasons. And then they thought we need good uh, borders again. And that was all um, usable, confrontative, easy, pronounced, you know, and stuck with people. And mm. the last one is 
these refugees bring Muslims and Muslims take off the Christian part of us. And all this happened to fall into a time where there was a beginning tiredness on politicians and politics. There was um, a not met um, expectancy management. Mm. You know, Mr. Cole has mentioned there will be blooming regions in the East. Now, what, what, what did he mean with that? And what did they understand with that? And all this happened to be not being satisfied. And then you see double more refugees, at least in my region. And then they just went on, on the walls. And all this happened to become together uh, uh, a party that now there are some people that talk reasonable. But I thought to complement the party, the parliament, with a certain percentage of them, as, it, as they are here, as they are people, would be good that they show what they can make out of it. But they didn't. You ask me for my opinion? They did really bad. And it is still not understood by many. Now, the numbers go a little bit down, but they are going to be, the longer, the more extremist. So uh, on that point, I pr you probably agree with the chancellor not to work with them or to bring them in the coalition. You know, work with them is something. If you're in a committee, uh, one speaks, the other speaks, in a way you work and you hear them and you say, okay, this argument we can take over in our script and stuff, you know, working and maybe on the floors talking. But you know, marry them for four years, which I call a coalition, you know, that's a different kind of, of, of area and sphere. And no, the message that they have with them too is destructive. And parliament's destructive and democracy destructive. I'm not saying they are not represented um, by democratic ways. So no, no um, bad word about the voters. But many of them are, are not working for, but destructive towards democracy. Is it primarily based on their immigration stance and towards the European Union? That is, is, the, is the, the biggest issue they have. Yes. And whenever something happens and the bad people are Mrs. Merkel and now Mrs. von der Leyen, and the EU and, and whoever, you know, and the, the, the closed, uh, not closed borders. And uh, yeah. So if we can move it on to the election now coming on, uh, do you believe the CDU will once again win a plurality of the vote? Now, you ask somebody who hopes that, who wants to go on and needs even for that uh, a plurality. Now, I think uh, in the moment we have these you know, these votes of what they might vote for next Sunday. And uh, there we have 30%. That is 10% more than the next. Now, there is a chance that this will happen again. Now, it comes to the point how, who do we work with? You know, do we then work with just one party that has together with us 50 or more? 
or do we need two parties, which is more complicated? But I believe, yes, um, and I hope for as much as possible different. Yeah, I don't envy your position uh, many of the times to work out these coalitions. I mean, I can just think, for example, how do you work out a coalition between the Social Democrats, the CDU and the Free, um, I believe it's the Liberal Party, the the Yellow Party, the, yeah. free, the free Democrats or yeah. something along. How do you work out a, co a coalition between these almost polar opposite parties? Now, there are not many people that would say that the Liberals and the CDU are totally opposite. Well, not I, in our I, I mean, like the Social Democrats in the middle, like... Ah, okay. Yeah. When you sit together after the election, and now you will see it in the TV first, what possibilities there are, you know, then there's two options or three or maybe four, then usually the leader of the biggest of the ones has to go and have pre-talks with the others. And then they try to find the overlapping measures of policy areas. And when they agree in general, they go into coalition talks. Last time that happened to be, I think one and a half months or two. And in the last night, one of the three parties just said, no, we're not going to sign it. So we had to restart it again. Then you go again and try to find the overlaps and to make an, an, an coalition agreement that both parties sign. There, the most things for the country are decided in these six, eight, 12 weeks. Because coming now from the end of a legislature, 85, 90, 92% of what was promised in that paper three years ago, three and a half years ago, has been in effect. News, you know, magazines, newspapers, just tell us the 8% where we didn't work out and the new problems that in the meantime came up and we didn't solve. And there is the mindsets um, are put together and from our promise as CDU, is a part that isn't possible with each party and a part of their promises aren't possible because mm. they wouldn't complement. And then we have an 80% or 75% agreement and that will be in the contract, which is quite difficult. Mm, but like most times it, it worked out. Um, so it's my job to sort of play a devil's advocate and we recently yeah. had Brexit. So, and, and one of the arguments we had in Brexit is that the European Union is too centralized, too exclusive, and too bureaucratized. What do you say to those? And are you, for example, a reformer? Do you believe in reforming the European Union to make it more uh, decentralized? Now, I don't see it the way that you just formulated it. I see the problems, but I don't see these reasons behind the problems. You know, like I said a minute ago about the coalition talks. Now, mm. if you get 27 members to, to agree on several issues, you know, let's take the refugee situation, you know. Germany can easily talk about, as we call it in, in Europe, the Dublin system, you know. The country where, where the... The, the person comes in first, so where the first foot is on the 
round is to be the one that makes the process of asylum acceptance or refugee acknowledgement and stuff. Now, who can come to Germany and have the first foot on the ground? They could, they could swim through the Baltic Sea or they can jump out of a plane. That's all that is possible. So it was so easy for us to talk. We do it this way and we organize it, you know, and it doesn't bother us. Now, Greece, France, Italy, Spain have a different point of view. And if we find it well to change it, which I do think we should change it, and we are in the process, they will always be on the other side and dragging and saying, no, 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 no. So not to come to agreements is a normal thing. Mm. And it's always just the minimal uh, overlap that can be criticized, but we just have to go on and broaden that, that areas. The second thing is bureaucracy. Yes, but first, the bureaucracy of Europe is smaller than the bureaucracy of my little state of Saxony. Now, we always think they are that big. They oversight and, and, you know, they control. They are not. Just of the people that are employed. So where does that prejudice come from? And secondly, they don't understand, many don't understand that Europe is not making laws so often as they say what direction we should be going. And some become laws, but not all. And the news tell us Europe has decided. Yeah, and until that is a German law, for example, there are years because we have to, sometimes if it's close to constitution, we can uh, even find ways not to do it. Mm. So it's very complicated. If, if it is complicated in my country already, now imagine how complicated it is with 27 mm. uh, uh, together. And I find that the way is too slow, but not the generally uh, wrong direction, because it has, has brought us a time of peace and prosperity. And even for the ones that are not that prosperous than Germany, as a thousand years before altogether hasn't been. Because mm. we always had every five, seven, nine years, some sort of a war, quarrel, uh, catastrophe. Now, we lose sight of that. Mm. Uh, if I can follow up on that, I know Brexiteers would say, well, my personal opinion, I think absolutely you're right. Um, any um, system, you will have disagreements. But a Brexiteer would say that, okay, we have the disagreements in the European Union, but the Germans overwhelmingly have the upper hand. I mean, I know, for example, Nigel Farage would say, uh, Chancellor Merkel just flies in and what she decides goes, that Germany has too much influence. That, that's what he would say. Do you agree with that? No, I don't. Germans would say that about her as well. But the only real power she has in Germany, and that's why I want to go to your argument with uh, Mr. Farage, um, she always has to have the agreement with everybody before she makes the decision. Now, is that her decision? No. She has to communicate. She has to communicate with the 16 states. We have to communicate 
with the majorities, which are different ones. We have prime ministers mm. of the left, we have prime ministers of the green, with prime ministers of the social democrats, prime ministers of the Christians. And she always has to talk it through before she says, okay, now I'm putting my word and then the balance goes that way. And then she makes it uh, a proposal for law. In the end, the parliament can send her out in two weeks in Germany, any time. If she does three things in a row, wicked, wrong, misunderstood, the parliament next sitting can vote somebody else into being, being um, our chancellor. Mm. Without Now, the balancing has to be behind. And he cannot, Farage, cannot tell or isn't telling that part of the story that she comes over, tells and goes. No. She has the agreement of Estonia or Hungary, you know. She's talked it through with the majority, and then she's just the speaker okay. of that area. We had it in the corona crisis, you know. She wasn't the executive director of the whole thing. She had to, she asked the 16 prime ministers in, in Germany of the States, and then they made an agreement. And even when the agreement was formulated and she did they were able to change it next day you, you know what i mean mm. so i think he just makes it an easy argument that she is that powerful um, concerning the numbers percentage you know with our 90 or something members in the european uh, parliament we are less uh, um, represented than some of the small countries mm. in the percentage of being represented which is fine. But no, I don't believe his argument. Although she is a powerful lady. Mm. Uh, if I can move it on to an even more controversial subject, if that's even possible. Um, same-sex marriage. A few years ago, I believe you voted against legalizing same-sex marriage. Why did you make that vote, if I'm correct? Yes, I did. I was um, my first bigger, bigger... We call it in Germany, by the way, shitstorm. I don't know if it's in English or, you know, yeah, yeah, was sense. from Christians and non-Christians because in one summer I decided exactly like you said. The Green had made a proposal, a law proposal. I agreed on one of or two of the issues in the, in the law and on two others I didn't agree. So mathematically, I wasn't able to agree. So I voted against in the summer after that, we found out in my party, a few members, that it is not fair if this marriage is accepted by law. I mean, to get the stamp and everything, you know, of, of the, the mayor. Um, then you cannot tax these couples different than other couples, mm. you know. So we made uh, an announcement on that. And then I got the bigger shitstorm out of the conservative and Christian and whatever. But we worked out from our constitutional uh, um, judge that we had to change at that time because of the taxation. And then I think it was yesterday, four years ago, that in the last week of the legislature, the Social Democrats brought in a law that was read once already. And in breaking the coalition contract, they brought, brought it in again. And then 
we were said we cannot make an make it an offense because in the election to come the people will say what was the reason for breaking out your coalition was it brexit the coming up you know was it greece was it the euro no 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 it was the same sex marriage <laughs> and so we were allowed to say and to vote as everybody after his conscience did mm. i voted against it because of the breaking of the promise and because of something that i believe should have been clarified before so it not it's not just a moral issue and being a christian or being a former pastor it was the issue that our constitution has formulated family to a certain uh, amount as man and wife and that was um you know detoured by a law that we just now call it that way and mm. i said no i don't want to people with a law to 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 um minimize the impact of our constitution and that's why i said no that was the main reason okay makes sense um if we can once again move it on you're sitting in your uh, i believe the cognac room a very african room and i believe you have an african portfolio in parliament focusing on african issues can you tell us a bit about those issues that you focus on in africa <laughs> Yes I can. Now that can't take long. No. I I make it short as possible <laughs> because my heart is full of that. Um I'm I'm in the human rights committee. I'm in the, uh, the deputy in the committee for um for development, you know, issues and I'm deputy in the foreign affairs committee. And uh, they gave me the rapporteurship for Africa after a few months. but be even before that i felt a very close uh, um reaction you know for example i said i'm i'm, I'm former salvation army officer pastor and the salvation army in africa is much more needed and much more known than they are in middle europe for example so being on the second side um a rapporteur for water as a human right for humanitarian aid and for human trafficking now there are other places in the world that these issues are relevant mm. but at least the first three are very relevant in the continent of africa mm. and as i said now continent of africa i even see myself that something that i learned because i don't want to have people from cape town for example talk about europe you know they are all spaghetti eaters because they've been in in italy you know or they all whatever mm. i would want them to see that germany that spanish that's you mm. know and it's i like, see it's, 55 it's, africas it's like some people if you say you're from south africa they say oh i have a friend in ghana do you know him yeah, i mean ghana exactly. is like hundreds of kilometers from south africa so yes yes exactly and i i learned and and uh, this this way of seeing africa as 55 africas and even in some countries there are different you know countries or regions so i needed to learn it and i fell in love even more and there it is africa and certain countries and what i do with it is i try to change in my policy and in my city 
the view on Africa as the little sister. Now, you know, this little sister that we teach, mm. that we look down to, and that we need to help. Mm. Now, there might be the possibility that I help my little sister at some point of the time. That might be part of it. But I also have to help Greece, or I have to help my, my Spanish sister. That's to totally fine. I call Africa Big Brother Africa. Although I know there's a little struggle because Africans um, define themselves more about female, you know, from the, from the from the background. So, but I call it Big Brother Africa because there is a an equal footing, not just in wording it. There is so much to learn in Europe from what I I, I have here, you know, and other ways too. And that's why I tried to implement into my city. Yesterday, we had a conference in my city with the Chamber of Commerce where I invite all African ambassadors from Berlin or my country with uh, people from the community and, and community of businesses to exchange views on certain topics. And it's brilliant, you know? And it's not just mm. this, oh, refugees, or money we have to give, you know, it's development has to be on both sides. It's not just a loss on one and a gain on the other and creating more dependencies. Now I get really into teaching or preaching, but you, you probably heard my, my, my desire. And this is what I carry into my city, what I carry into my party, into parliament and in the meantime, I've, I've visited 22 countries and I have another uh, 33 to go. Mm. Well, that's a great perspective. And I mean, I love your analogy of a little sister because the little sister obviously will eventually be big and she can once again help you when you're perhaps older, if you continue with that analogy. Um, mm. But the, the, the examples that you give of problems in Africa, how has the German parliament helped? And that's in some practical examples, how, for example, German parliament helps with um, human trafficking. In general, to your continent, you mean? Yeah. Just for interest sake. Yeah. Now, in these committees, we discuss things that we need to change in our policies inside of the foreign ministry. So as a parliament, just to say that for a moment, in Germany, as I said, Mrs. Merkel could be away in two weeks. The government is the second highest. The highest is the parliament because we have the possibility to set them in and out. And Mrs. Merkel's biggest power is to choose and pick who is going to be minister? That's nobody can talk about. She has to discuss that too, because if the she has uh, failures in that, she will be attacked. But that's mm. the main thing nobody can talk into. That's her own decision. Now, what we can ask the foreign ministry to say, where do we give money for humanitarian aid, for development aid? Where do we prioritize, like like tower projects, you know, and in what countries make relationships? We have uh, parliamentarian friendship groups with regions in Africa that we visit, that they visit us, that we exchange not just topic-wise, but person-wise all over the committees. And 
And then sometimes we comment what the government has been doing mm. in South Sudan, Sudan, or Somalia and Somaliland. And, you know, all these issues. And we try to, to create reactions of the government to certain issues. Mm. And then it is prioritizing, you know, if we give, the, if the state, if the country even give, gives guarantees uh, for failed credits, it's called Hermes Wirtschaften, you know, if a company wants to invest and they don't want to take the risk. So maybe the country in certain issues um, takes part of the risk. That's, that's how we try to complement. Mm. And it is educational uh, um, uh, investment. It is maybe about uh, environment. It is about, yeah. Well, great. That's what we try. Yeah. Um, so the last two questions, I want to focus on the issues that you early, early raised, um, immigration. Um, so you recently wrote a letter in support of the Chancellor Merkel, and I believe that was on immigration issues that she received some flack. Why did you or co-sponsor that letter in support of the Chancellor? Now, I don't know exactly which letter you, you mean, but I wrote several letters where I... Well, well I think the more public her. one, perhaps. Yes. There were several ones about the refugee situation in the in the Mediterranean. Uh, some of the letters went towards Mrs. von der Leyen of Europe. Some went to our interior minister. And yes, in my party, this is not the most popular thing, but... You know, I, I had them. We had a calamity in my city two and a half years ago about and, and the background was was refugee crisis as well. And in that time, uh, later she came and there was a little relationship created to my city, to her. You know, a few weeks ago, our first league club of basketball, three days, three games before the end of the of the league they were able not to go down again, you know, which was a success the first year in the first league. And they got a, a congratulation letter of her. Now, just even just to think about that, you know, seeing into the depth, seeing what could help uh, others. And um, that really made, made a, a difference. And I think her leadership was great. And she even, she was asked after 15, could you just not say I did wrong and I'm sorry and then go on because it was wrong. And she did say two areas where she said we were wrong, but nobody heard it. The media didn't, didn't really proclaim it. Mm. It was, she said, this, this famous sentence of 2015, you know, we can do it. We are shuffling us. I did not take more words. I should have taken more words to 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 formulate what I really mean with that. Mm. I was too short. Secondly, she said, with a crisis like that, we haven't been prepared as a country, maybe as Europe. We haven't just been prepared inside and with several and with our opinions on on foreign policy and European policy. And people just didn't recognize, and I honor this. And there was, there I congratulate her up to today. 
that she did in all circumstances quite well. And obviously, it's probably hard if some countries um, decide to accept a low amount of refugees or almost none. And it's entirely like Germany's responsibility to accept the, the majority of the refugees. Mm. Probably she didn't plan you know, for that as well. Yes, you mentioned Mr. Farage, and he wasn't the, totally not the opinion on this issue as Mrs. Merkel was, as, as you know. Mm. The thing is, in the end, we didn't just say Europe should do it. We just did it. Mm. You know, and we didn't say everybody has to take as many percentage wise as Germany did. We just said we all take the value system of Europe for granted. So why not show it? Everybody has to show it to a certain extent. And then there are some countries that just didn't care. They couldn't care less. And then they have excuses like, you know, our, our interior uh, um, acceptance isn't well enough. We have elections next month and, and our refugees come out of Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, so I, I just don't agree with trying to catch the values that are positive, Euro-wise positive, and on the other hand, not take the same system on the other side of the coin. I get um, really uh, emotional on that. Yeah. Um, if I, uh, lastly, if I can focus on quite a controversial subject, but I know the Brexiteers always also like to focus on, and it's I've seen a documentary of alleged rapes in places like Cologne. And this documentary surfaced after the immigration crisis and these Brexiteers and these right-wing figures would say, okay, but it's the Middle Eastern people, it's people from the Middle East that cause these alleged rapes. What is your opinion on this? And do you believe that Ch Chancellor Merkel's policies contributed to these events? Obviously you don't. I cannot, yes. I, I just want to formulate my answer well. The thing is, Mathematically, it is not allowed to say that, I believe. Because if a failure of one, you know, as a personal, as a personal decision, doing something evil, which I call these things, and to blame somebody who made the decision that these persons are here, no, I'm sorry. You know, they have been posters printed. Thank you, Mrs. Merkel, after these events. Thank you for the rapes. And I'm sorry, this is not the logic of Middle Europe. This is not. On the other hand, Salvation Army. I live in my city. The same place in my city where since 2015, more things happened. Let's say it that way. Or came into the media. Maybe that's the better way to say have happened at the same place by Germans, but didn't make it into the news. Now, what's that? You, you, you know? So I'm not saying mm. that this is good. And in, it was Sylvester New Year's Eve night, you know? Mm. And many things happened there. And I'm not saying that this wasn't a bigger, much bigger happening and disaster in that night. Mm. 
and nobody was prepared. That is one of the things. <coughs> and we have to control and to do better. And then this a little mass phenomenon happened on that day. And that happens in other cities. And it has happened in my city two and a half years ago with one incident too. And then to make that to be policy's fault. No, no, I don't agree with blaming somebody like that. So Not if, all. If, if I, okay, sorry, go on. Yeah, but, but the numbers in that night went up, yes. And I see a percentage of Germans doing the same stuff and it's not in the news. Mm. And the pressure that was and is on people that came into our country under these new circumstances, other temperatures, being in, 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 in gyms, you know, forced to be with 700 uh, other nations under the same roof. I could also say, they became that violent because we forced them into that narrow space. Mm. But it's undue to do the same. So I believe that um, it, is, it, is a, it is a chain of failures, but you cannot blame it on the chain and the failures. Mm. It is to blame the persons that did it. And in the average of the last six years, the numbers of crimes didn't go up as they promised in the beginning, mm. the IFD and these people. Yeah. So if I can make a sort of a paraphrase, sort of what you're saying is that it's unfair to blame, um, to say that because the 1% perhaps did not so well that we shouldn't have let in the other 99%, that the media focuses on the negative issues, but 99% of the immigrants contribute positively, they help Germany, and the statistics doesn't bear with the result that crime rose in that circumstance. I wouldn't say 99% because there is a big sphere of all kinds of, some some are not helpful at all. Some are, as some Germans aren't as well, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and some are just helpful after a few years, you know, and some are really helpful and we really need them. Mm. For our skill jobs, which is to blame on us. Yes, it's to blame on us because we soak some some workmanship into our country, even through that. So it's not just a, a, a single single uh, way story. Well, great. Uh, thank you, Frank, for your time. This has been a very interesting conversation. I want to give you one last opportunity to add, plug, or say anything that you want to. No, I'm 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 thankful for for the conversation, and I, I'd like to stay in contact. If somebody who sees this, you can give them my name because my name is down there, so you you should uh, they should know. Um, I'm all interested in your continent. I'm I'm all interested in people, and politics should be in the end not about schemes or about structures. And you know, security and borders, it should mm. be about people. And the answers or the end of the answers is always is, is often the same, you know, how to but how to get there is different. And democracy is something that is very complicated and mm. that is very hard. And if we try to make it easy with easy wordings in, in the internet or with media. There is a long process, and if we don't win it, then this will, will destroy the foundations of democracy, and that I feel to be a big danger.
Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, politics, just like people, are complicated. Um, but yes. Thank you so much for your time. Um, if you if you if you're a viewer and you've made it this far, please consider liking this video, sharing it as widely as possible. My name is Donald. This has been Worldview.